The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sunday Worship. My name is Allison Jacks. I'm the Associate Minister here at the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco. If this is your first time with us today, we are so delighted to have you. To follow along with the service, you can find a link to the order of service description in the video description, as well as on our website. So please uh, click on that so you can follow along with us. And we hope you'll stay around for our virtual coffee hour on Zoom following the service. It's a wonderful way to connect with our larger community. So welcome. Worship is a collective effort, and this morning I want to give special thanks to those who are instrumental in bringing this service to you today. Our AV and sound expert, Jonathan Silk. Our steadfast and steady camera operators, Shuli Ong and Eric Shackelford. Joe Chapeau, who is monitoring our chat on the live stream and social media. Thomas Brown, our sexton this morning. Our wonderful organist, Reiko Odolane. Our musical director, Mark Sumner. Our soloists this morning are Sarah Rose Cohen, Brielle Marina Nielsen, Beth Rudiak Gould, and Asher Davidson. And a special welcome to my worship associate this morning, Carmen Barsotti. Alex Darr will be hosting our Zoom coffee hour following the service, and a special thanks to Carrie Steer Salazar for bringing Autumn into our space this morning. And as we have for every Sunday service for the last seven months, we light this blue candle, acknowledging that we join together in worship. And with the kindling of this flame, we bring our spirits into this space until such time as we can gather together again. Please join us in our opening hymn, number 52, In Sweet Fields of Autumn.
I invite you to read with me the unison chalice lighting prayer. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. Good morning again. My name is Allison Jacks, Associate Minister here at the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco. And if this is your first time watching us, thank you for joining us. And again, you can follow along in the order of service, which is available from the description in our video and on our website. And it will be emailed to you if you sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Flame. The order of service lists many upcoming events and links to opportunities to connect, including to our Zoom coffee hour, which takes place after the service. So please join us for anything that is of interest to you. I want to highlight a few of our offerings for you tonight, today. With the election days away, I invite you to be part of one of our many embodiment practices classes. Elena Perez offers her morning meta meditation on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 8 to 8.30 a.m., and an equanimity practice on Friday mornings from 8 to 8.30 a.m. Again, the links for those Zoom events are found in the order of service. And this week, we are thrilled to have Amy Hunt, who is new to our congregation, a certified yoga therapist and teacher who will be offering a drop-in yoga class beginning this Wednesday, October 18th, and running through December 16th from 7 a.m. to 8.15 in the morning. And finally, I want to encourage you to join Reverends Margot Campbell-Gross and Mary Gans for their six-week class offering on aging and spirituality, which will be meeting starting this coming Tuesday and through November 24th from 2.30 to 3.30 on Zoom. This is a wonderful opportunity to engage in stories about our life journeys and our spiritual uh, stories that we have carried with us. And this is an opportunity to share those with two very wise women. So we hope you'll join. Again, there are a number of adults religious education classes that you can find on our website and more offerings uh, will be coming in the weeks and months ahead. And again, we encourage you to sign up for The Flame, our weekly newsletter, e-newsletter to learn more about our programs and other opportunities. This is the end of our announcements this morning. And so I'd like to invite you to center yourselves now in worship as we sing together meditation on breathing. The words are in your order of service. If this is your first time singing, please just listen to the words and let them wash over you and join in for our second and third rounds of singing. Let us meditate and sing. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, Thank you. 
Please join me in proclaiming the covenant found in your order of service, and we will then sing the doxology. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another. morning, as in for many months, we will ring our gong as a ritual of remembrance. Recognizing there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes. We ring our gong today in honor of three such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first as we have since July of 2019, in honor of the seven children who lost their lives in federal custody in our detention camps. And we let its ringing symbolically stand also for those adults who have lost their lives in these camps, those who remain in such camps, many separated from their families, and many now infected by COVID-19 or at great risk of infection. We ring our gong additionally once for all who have died this week of COVID-19. As of right now, the global losses to the virus has risen to nearly 1,070,000 people. We hold in our hearts all of the losses of life, many preventable, all people who loved, were loved and left holes in their families, their neighborhoods, and in our world that no one else can fill. We send our prayers also to all those who continue to risk their lives to provide essential service, those who have lost their jobs, those whose lives are especially vulnerable to the disease, and to all whose isolation and struggle through grief and loneliness is harder the longer this pandemic continues. We pray for a full recovery for all those who are sick with the virus, and we pray that those who have the power to influence our global response do all that they can, 
guided by wisdom, courage, and compassion. And we ring our gong additionally in recognition of the 820 million people around the world who go hungry each day due to poverty, climate change, and war. May we keep those we have named and their loved ones in our thoughts and prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week, howsoever we can. Join me in a time of spoken, silent prayer and meditation. In the cool of the morning sunshine, we come together to open our hearts, making room to express the joys and sorrows of our days. We lay down our burdens, letting the earth beneath our feet receive what we cannot hold. The worries and fears that press upon our heart. The sadnesses that come from loss. The grief that weighs upon our shoulders and the anger that rises up when we witness injustice and hate. We lay down our burdens, letting the earth beneath, beneath our feet receive what we cannot hold. And we lift up the love that holds us through these tenuous times a love that binds us together, but allows us to breathe 
the joys that brighten our hearts and bring smiles to our faces, the warmth of friendship that makes our own days glad, the beauty of this golden hour, grateful to be alive. We move in that love as we work and weave to make the whole world whole. Please join me now in a time of silent prayer and reflection. Amen. The song that the choir, our, our quartet is about to sing is entitled Ocean Breath, written by Helen Greenspan. It is a favorite song of mine from the Threshold Choir repertoire. Ocean Breath was written while Helen and a friend were in Mexico and the friend became ill. Helen writes, during a time of uncertainty, fear, great love and support, in the presence of extraordinary humans and the constancy of the ocean outside my door. Through it all, the breath of the ocean breathed me. May the words and harmony of this song wash over you, bringing ease and comfort to your soul. Ocean Breath. Ocean breath breathing me. Ocean breath breathing me. Ocean breath breathing me.
I've been thinking about space a lot in these last months, mostly because I feel so full with what life consists of in these very complex times. And I have this growing urge to drive off into the sunset, lay on the beach, watch clouds drift, or fly off in a plane to nowhere, really, just away. Nearly 20 years ago, when my parents were visiting me and we were in the car, painfully crawling toward the toll plaza to return to San Francisco on a Saturday night, hundreds of cars, including ours, were inching along, waiting to pay so we could get ourselves across the bridge. As cars kept coming in and we were more and more closed in, and cars were trying to get over into already impossibly congested lanes, my father suddenly blurts out, give me my open space. It was kind of an exasperated cry for a person who had lived the majority of his life in rural Minnesota, the seemingly infinite line of cars crowded together, weaving in and out and honking horns was just a bit much. The cry and the image of the toll plaza is arising in me a lot these days. There is so much intensity, so much grief and sadness and anger. I feel its growing presence within me. So many vehicles filled with more challenges, more devastation and mental strife so much unknown pouring into seemingly limited space, trying to get through what feels like an ever-narrowing gate. My lanes are already congested with so much that is beyond our ability to control, and I just want to get across the bridge. And then I remind myself, breathe. Breathe first, breathe always. Don't quit breathing and take it from there. This overfull feeling, the sense of being overwhelmed by my personal, local, and global states of affairs is not new. When I lived in inner city Chicago, challenged by poverty and gang violence, or in Nicaragua, overwhelmed by devastating effects of war, dictatorships, and exploitations by countries like our own. And now living in San Francisco for more than 22 years and working amidst the growing homelessness of people of all ages and its rootedness in generational poverty and racism. It's also not new to wish I could get out of the car and walk off into the sunset. But instead, I sit myself down and I say, buck up, little pork chop. Sam and I can make ourselves chuckle by remembering a favorite line from the movie, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. It'll be all right in the end. And if it ain't all right, it ain't the end. If I can get in a plane, train, or automobile to take me away, if I can't get in, I can get up and light a candle or two 
or 10, and then sit back down for a few more minutes and keep on breathing. I can put on music that carries me into memories with friends or moments of divine pleasure at a live symphony. Or I can go sit on a pillow in the meditation room downstairs that I used far too infrequently. Or get up early, drive a few miles to the ocean's edge, and let the waves carry my inner density out into the seemingly infinite ocean. I remind myself, it's not so much about what is happening, but rather how I am relating to it. I am also reminded that I do have a little bit more control than I often think I do over time and space and the speed with which I'm moving and the depth of breath I take. Life is complicated. So much is coming to us at once, both in our personal lives and in this world. Beyond dealing with what already is, we do not know what is coming down the pike. Maybe where we can best help ourselves and one another is to remind ourselves to move more slowly and gently and to do the small things that create larger space within us and around us so we don't have as many fender benders and angry outbursts as more cars arrive into already pressured and congested lanes. Kay Jorgensen, co-founder of Faithful Fools with me, who also served as the social justice minister of this congregation, would remind us constantly that our reflection needs to be as intense as our action. I know that when I have been faithful to times of reflection, to lighting candles, to praying, to walking amidst trees and visiting the ocean, that I can enlarge the space within to work with very difficult situations when they arise, even when I think there is not even a centimeter of space left for another crisis or another's need. Kay would often sing a song. She'd sing it to me and others if she felt our distracted and frenetic energy. She'd sing it to her hardworking caretakers at Chaparral House where she lived her final years. And she'd sing it to herself, especially as she moved into the difficult space of losing her independence, her connection with this human life she had creatively learned to navigate. I will sing it for you, and if you know it, sing it with me. Insert your name or the name of someone who may appreciate it at this moment. It goes. K-K, take your time, go slowly. Listen deep inside yourself. Simple things are holy.
Carmen, Carmen, take your time, go slowly. Listen deep inside yourself. Simple things are holy. Friends, friends, take your time, go slowly. Listen deep inside yourself. Simple things are holy. Thank you, Carmen. Things are growing here in this church community, and while we can't be together in person, know that you're held in this virtual space by all the hearts and good souls that make this community whole. And to support that work of this community in its ministries and its good works here in our church, around our city, and stretching across the globe, we ask you now for the morning offering you can find the link to the donate button on the live stream or on our website. We appreciate your generous support this morning. reading this morning is from the book Breathing Room by the poet Peter Davison. And from the foreword, the breath is the most intimate aspect of our existence. It connects us to the biosphere. Breath makes our voice operate. 
It enables oxygen to penetrate our bodies. Breath lends us rhyme and meter, the means by which poetry came into existence. The connection of words to breath, to sense to mind, to memory to rhythm, to emotion to memory. And from the poem, Opening Up. Stop, watch the maples bending in the wind, tossing their bows in summer agitation. Quick before sunset, swim the salt creek that creeps up from the coast a mile away to hiss beneath the bridges, trickle through the swaying stalks of marsh grass burdened with more nourishment than 20 tons of humus. Here one is the happiest when not too clean. Come on, walk barefoot over new cut stalks of green lawn grass, pausing to wipe off the sticky blades that squeeze between your toes. Along the granite of the garden wall, a hundred varied blossoms flash their hues of gold and scarlet, peach and ivory. One skyscraper stands up among the lilies, brandishing blossoms like archangels' trumpets, all while the thirsty grasses dream the day. Bend toward them. I can hear the tide of green and gorge and stiffen, music in the blood lifting sensation past the reach of, reach of time, mingling with the future. Come, let's turn. Let's walk indoors and open up the house. Last week, our choir actually did sing for the service, virtually for the offertory, if you remember, if you were here. Um, it was our first virtual choral project, and we hope to start a second one today, uh, preparations for the second one today. The anthem we're about to sing, our quartet here this morning, is inspired by a composer, a high school choir teacher in Portland, Oregon, Christopher Rust, who was seeking an opportunity for his high school students to sing virtually. And this piece was composed a couple of months ago for his students, and we're happy to sing it today. It's a piece that answers the question, why do we sing? I sing because I breathe. 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 I
for bringing Kay into the space again this morning. It's lovely to feel her presence among us and around us. Kay uh, had an approach to sermon writing that I loved. She would approach sermons as writing letters and often she would address the salutation to a church member or the, con uh, the congregation. And so this Sunday I wanna honor Kay's uh, writing approach, but I will leave the salutation in. Dear life, I hope this letter finds you well. It's been a while since I've written, but times being what they are, I needed to take some space, clear my head, and collect my thoughts. I recently read about a magical golden mailbox in Santa Rosa created by the folks from the U.S portal service who want to hear about how we're coping, whether reflecting on the past or imagining the future. Yes, you, you heard that right, the U.S. portal service, which is making space for our thoughts and feelings to travel beyond the standard delivery services. And given the pressures the postal workers are under right now, I did not want to tax them. If you've been keeping up on the headlines, you know we've been through some tough months. Well, okay, yes, the last four years have been challenging. Why, just yesterday we marked seven months since the city went into lockdown due to COVID. And no doubt you've seen the pictures of the fires, the devastation, maybe you've smelled the smoke the fires that have burned millions of acres, wiping out forests and wildlife, human life, entire communities. Our skies have gone black 
and ash falls like rain. And in the midst of the upcoming elections and now a Supreme Court nomination, our political system feels like a firestorm. Under the bent knee of white supremacy, come pleas to be heard. In the streets, voices rise above tear gas that burns and chokes. At our borders, refugees and asylum seekers are cooped up in cages, silenced behind the walls of hatred and fear. And across the planet, fires burn, storms rage, in our need and greed, we extract and deplete. Under the weight of it all, we can barely catch our breath. I know, I know, I, it's like Carmen says, life gets congested. Remember, sit yourself down, give yourself some room. Breathe, little pork chop, breathe. Did you read the story by Annie Galliano? Her husband, Mike, is a firefighter, and together they created a class for firefighters and their families. Hers is called Breathing Room. Annie writes, the purpose of my class was to give firefighter families tips on how to keep from living too close to the edge with the ever-present danger of going over. To go over is to face collapse, breakdown, or complete utter implosion of your marriage and your family. The goal is to back away from the edge, to give you and your family some breathing room. Like an overstuffed closet that can hold one more item, we must clean out the closet make some space, or else it will come crashing down on our heads someday and leave us in, as life keeps heaping more and more upon us. Firefighting is not a desk job. When the human body is faced with danger, it undergoes immediate, dramatic physical changes for the purposes of survival. It is exhilarating, it gives you superhuman strength, but the more your body has to fight to survive, the harder it is to work to recover when it's all over. Annie has tips. Don't overcommit. Know your limits. Give yourself some space. Get some exercise and get some rest. What's good for the firefighters and their families sounds like that's good advice for all of us, don't you think? Because let's face it, these last seven months, right, right, these last four years have been draining, even despairing. The threats before us, be it forest fires or fascism, push us close to the edge. And in our efforts to turn things back, how do we stand the line without going over? Annie says, recognize your limits. Make space. Rest up. And then regroup. I heed Annie's advice, but I also turn to the artists looking for answers too.
I've been thinking about the Oakland-based artist Woody Diothello's show, Breathing Room. Diothello was born in Miami, his family of Haitian descent. The ceramic sculptures are based on what Diothello describes as a contemporary nisiki, a type of Central African object or container inhabited by a spirit. While there is joy in his work, he recalls the stories and the histories of the African diaspora, recognizing that some stories are tragic, unjust, and heart-wrenching. Holding all that hurt and pain, Diothello finds a way to bring the pieces to life. Looking at Diothello's vessels capable of holding and releasing, something in me opens up, or maybe something breaks open. And I remember that we are carriers of a spirit, our breath lifting and falling as we make our way. But as Diothello makes clear, there are too many beautiful black and brown vessels filled with life and spirit, and that in the hands of colonialist power have been broken, burned, and often left to die. Whole communities over generations denied breathing room but something is breaking open. We see it in the streets, in the signs, in the songs, in the long and winding lines waiting to cast their votes. Voices demanding to be heard. To hold the line on hatred and beat back the bigotry, to beat back the flames of bigotry, we need to keep up the pressure. To be part of the big love brigade requires collective efforts. We need to work together, assess our strength, recognize our limits, and forge partnerships that will help us to stay strong for the battles ahead. We need to go the distance, but not go over the edge. Each of us in the big love brigade needs some time to take a breather, set down the armor and put the tools aside. We are learning to be nimble and pivot to meet the heavy demands of the time, but there also needs to be a pause to lighten our load and give ourselves a rest. A battlefield tent might come to mind, but I prefer the image of the sukkah a temporary dwelling described in the Jewish Bible where it's written the ancient Israelites built open shelters out of palm fronds during the 40 years in the desert and where the farmers gather at the end of the harvest. In the fall, Jews celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of the Tabernacle, also known as the Festival of Shelters. Inside the Sukkah, you come to find respite to rest, have breathing room. Tradition says that you keep four important symbols inside the sukkah. Together, they represent the blessings of nature, the closed frond of a date palm, 
myrtle bough and willow branch and fruit from the citrion tree. Symbols, I think, I like to think that remind us that we are dependent on Earth's bounty and a part of it too. In the sukkah, we come seeking balance, ease, and gratitude for life's blessings. Now, not everyone has access to palm fronds, branches of willow and myrtle, and fruits from the citron tree, the citron tree. But we all need access to places and spaces that help us connect to the sources that restore our souls. Across religious traditions and cultures are practices that teach us to find balance, to be still, to breathe into the steady ebb and flow that's essential to all creation. That is how the Big Love Brigade will go the distance without going over. We are each filled with a spaciousness and spirit, and we're each our own sukkah, a movable tabernacle, a mutable shelter. We are co-creators taking cues from the natural world that surrounds us. We drift into cloud-filled sky and get lost in the stars. We float in the waters, stand tall and centered like the mountains or the majestic redwood trees. We become aware of our bodies, our breath, our entire being. And in just being, we find ourselves resting in the beautiful story of creation. Our beautiful blue-green planet suffers. The signs are everywhere. Fires and floods, glaciers retreating, waters warming and rising, heat scorched earth, parched land. We have stepped beyond the bounds and things are out of balance. Earth cries out for breathing room. And we in the big love brigade must stop and listen. We must follow the cues and the clues to find our balance and bring ourselves back and our beloved planet back from going over the edge. When I feel myself nearing the brink, I, I pull out a particular memory to bring me back from going over. I was 17. With two friends, we rode our bikes from Yarmouth to Cundy's Harbor, all of 40 miles, following the coastal route along the Atlantic seaboard in Maine. It took us two days each way. Like I said, this was, these were the early days of my long distance cycling adventures. On our second night, we camped along a beach on the Winnegans Bay. The night was clear. It was late summer. The sky a rich royal blue and a new moon rising. Stars slowly formed before our eyes. The slow exhale of an incoming tide came to rest upon the shore. And outside our small tent, we built a campfire, watching the embers glow and the sparks take flight. I had recently finished reading Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, 
a lyrical and quiet story about struggle and spiritual awakening. awakening. And looking up into the star-filled sky, feeling the heat and the fire, hearing the waves fall and rise, I felt what Siddhartha felt, a coming home to myself and a part of the great cycle of life. My breath lifting and falling like the tide, my body resting in the sand, the fire crackling sparks rising to the stars, the soft sound of voices like a song. I was inside the breathing room and with each inhale of breath, felt myself part of it. Dear life, I imagine the folks at the US Portal Service have many letters to deliver and I, I want this one to make its way to you. But before I go, I have one, one last story. While thinking about Cundy's Harbor, I was reminded of a letter that Hess wrote. This now 100-year-old letter is about the power of trees and how we can take refuge in them. Hess writes, for me, trees have always been the most penetrating preachers. I revere them when they live in tribes and families, in forests and groves. Trees are sanctuaries. Whoever knows how to speak to them, whomever knows how to listen to them, can learn the truth. They do not preach learning and precepts. They preach, undeterred by particulars, the ancient laws of life. A tree says, a kernel is hidden in me, a spark, a thought. I am life from eternal life. The attempt and the risk that the eternal mother took with me is unique. Unique the form of veins of my skin, unique the smallest play of leaves in my branches and the smallest scar on my bark. I was made to form and reveal the eternal in my smallest special detail. When we are stricken and cannot bear our lives any longer, then a tree has something to say to us. Be still. Be still. Life. If you happen to run into any of the folks from the Big Love Brigade, tell them I'm thinking of them. Tell them, beloveds, may you find stillness and strength, a place to rest and find rejuvenation, be it at the border of the woods, at the break of an ocean wave the banks of a river, the soft edges of fresh cut grass, or deep inside the lyric of a song. Give yourself some room and relish what it means to be alive, and then breathe.
Reiko told me, I believe, that that's the first time we've sung that hymn at church. Am I right? Not often we've sung this song, that hymn. So thank you for joining in, and I hope the choir was of help as you made your way. Dear friends, in this leaving, let us hold on to this. The enduring of love, the persisting of hope, the remembering of joy, the offering of gratitude, the receiving of grace, and the blessings of peace. Go in peace. this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org 